There's a lot of things to say today, and we've only got like two hours to get into it. So <laughs> I do want to say today is Family Sunday. Some of the things that we value at Huntsville Christian Church are family. Um, we value our teachers also. And so for those of you who are normally with our Galaxy kids that are able to be here this morning, I hope that you're well fed. And for those of you who are usually in Galaxy kids, you'll probably find that Galaxy Kids is a little bit more fun than being in here with us old people, but I also want to thank you young people for being here today. Uh, We think it's important to show you what it is to worship uh, in a little different way through giving our tithes and our offerings, through having communion. I'll sing that solo later. Um, I hope that as parents with young people here, you'll take some time later to talk more about communion. You'll take some time later to talk more about offering. It's not just tossing some money in the plate or putting in a prayer request, but there's some something more to it. So I hope we also provide some opportunities for you to have some conversation. Uh, another reason I'm excited that it's Family Sunday is because today we're talking about prayer and about thankfulness in prayer and that a praying church is thankful. And I hope that today as you go throughout your day, you will take a moment and continue to share some things with your kids, your families that you're thankful for. Uh, this month, we've looked at some different aspects of prayer. Last Sunday, Matt did a great job sharing with all of you that a praying church seeks God's face and, and his desires and seeks God's ways. By the way, that's the kind of the message behind that ladder painting is that we're, we're looking up. We're seeking to be closer to God. We're seeking what he desires. We're seeking his way. Uh, on November 12th, I shared with you all What happens when the church commits to pray? I shared three things. Uh, By the way, that's the person praying. Who who can holler out one of the three things I shared that happens when a church commits to pray? You're right. You all are united in silence. When a church prays, commits to pray, we become united. We receive guidance. And we also, when we commit to pray, God's powers released. By the way, if, if you forgot those already, you can go back and listen to them on the podcast. Uh, kind of refresh yourself. I had in my notes to say, good job. Uh, all right. Um, so that's the person praying. It's rough when you guys break my illustrations. We started the month on the National Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We talked about how we should be thankful and count our blessings Blessings, even during hard times, even during trials, how when we don't do that, we get caught up in this mess of life and and that we need to take time to pause. And I told you this week we'd be doing something a little bit different with the prayers that you've been placing in our prayer buckets. And and that's the kind of what's going to happen here today is you're going to see this last painting, which is the hand reaching down. That's God. He's hearing our prayers. He's reaching down to us. No matter what it is you're going through, you are not alone. And as, as we kind of go through these phases, some of you may have been in this bottom phase this week where trying to keep up with everything going on with getting a turkey. And uh, By the way, I thought Huntsville ran out of turkeys. I, knew what, I know what the pilgrims felt like. We went to like three different Kroger's before we finally found turkeys. It was great. Uh, but you get caught up in that stuff. And then your, your prayer life gets all jumbled and gets all messed up. Then we take pause for a moment. And we thank God for the blessings. We thank God for the trials. We thank God for the, uh, the thorns in our flesh, if you will. And we start reaching up, reaching out to God. And he hears our prayers and he reaches down to us. So 
I got to give you kind of a heads up. This is not me closing out the message, even though this is what I normally say. As we come to our response time this morning, this is not it. We're not done. I'll share with you what we're going to do as we get there. But there's paper leaves on your chairs. You're going to need those for our response time. And if you've got a youngling with you, you can help them with their, with their prayer request. But any time during this message, I want you to write down on one side of the leaf, I want you to write down something that you're thankful for. It can be one thing. It can be many things. I want you to write that down. For example, I wrote down on my leaf, and I'll share with you because I believe in transparency. I wrote down on my leaf, I'm thankful for my family. Uh, I'm thankful for my church family. And I wrote down, also, thank you, God, for hearing my prayers and for answering them according to your way. Um, so that's, those are some things I'm thankful for. And, and so I want you to write that down. I want you to write down something you're thankful for. You don't have to do it right this second. You've got the next, like I said, hour and a half or so to, to think about that. And, and as you think of something you're thankful for, just write it down. You don't even have to say, I'm thankful. Just, just write down that thing you're thankful for. And the other thing I want you to do, on the other side of your leaf, and this is the hard one. This is the one nobody likes. I want you to write down your biggest fear. Not spiders or claustrophobia or something like that. I want you to write down your struggle. I want you to write down a temptation. Maybe it's your secret sin. Maybe it's that one thing that no one knows about you. Maybe you struggle with depression and nobody knows it. Just write down depression or, or maybe it's anxiety because you're always wondering about what's going to happen next or how things are going to work out. Or maybe you struggle with addiction or loneliness or thoughts of self-harm. Whatever it is that, that might separate you from God. Write that down. I wrote down three things on my leaf. And, and again, in, in transparency and, and honesty, and we spent the whole month talking about prayer, and that means I need your prayers, you need my prayers, we need each other's prayers. Um, my first one, you guys are going to probably not get this at all, but I wrote down cryofibrinogenemia. Um, and some of you are like, what? He makes stuff up. At, you see me walking with a cane, that's cryofibrinogenemia. It, it affects my feet. It's something I will have for the rest of my life. Matter of fact, I'm almost convinced that the Greek word for thorn in your flesh is cryofibrinogenemia, and that's what Paul had because <laughs> it made him walk funny. Uh, he asked God to take it away, and God said, my grace is sufficient. There's no cure for it. There's, there's treatments when it happens, but it, it's not fun, and it hurts. Maybe, maybe for you, that's cancer. Maybe it's heart issues. I don't know what it is, but I know this. Cryofibrinogenemia leads to my second issue that separates me from God, and that's anger. So when my feet are messed up, I don't sleep well. When I don't sleep well, what happens, Mitzi? I get angry. <laughs> er. <laughs> I get grumpy. Er. <laughs> I'm embracing that I'll soon be a, just a grumpy old man, a, a curmudgeon, if you will. Third thing I wrote down um, that I struggle with is, is type 1 diabetes. And, and the problem with that is it's not necessarily my physical struggle, it's Dylan's. It's my son's physical struggle, but his type 1 diabetes also causes me to be angry. -er, and, but the anger is not at him, it's at the disease. Uh, this morning they had to leave, his, his equipment malfunctioned. And I got mad, and I was like, that's why you're supposed to have a bag with all your stuff. And I'm like going through all this with him. And then I realized as, as he admits you're leaving to go home to get the stuff that he needs, is 
he's already got to carry around three times more junk than most kids his age. And, and it makes me angry. Not at him, but at the disease. And that anger separates me from God. It separated me this morning from what I came here to do. I embarrassed my son in front of people. Now he's sitting in my office while his blood sugar gets regulated. And then I'll get to tell him I'm sorry later. But those are the things that I struggle with. Those are the things that separate me from God. Even on the one day a week when I have to work, it still happens. (laughs) You are not exempt from this either, my friends. So think about those things. Write them down. Write it down. Thankfulness on one side struggle or or whatever it is that separates you from God on the other side of the leaf. As I'm preaching, I want you just to hold on to those leaves. You can fold it up if you don't want somebody to see it. You can, you can, you know, it's yours. I'm not going to take these later and I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to bring them up here and be like, hey, somebody here struggles with addiction to alcohol and somebody over here just stole from work. That's not what we're going to do. That's what you hold on to it. Don't put it away. But please, uh, by the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, this morning is all about audience participation. If you guys don't write on the leaf on the front and back, what, what we want to do later won't work out right. All right? It'll just kind of be a bust. Um, and, and so I want you to, to really think about that. I promise I won't use it against you. I won't use it to embarrass you. We started out the month with a focal point of thankfulness. And that's also where we're going to end this series on a similar note. Because in short, a praying church is thankful. But what are you thankful for? Maybe sometimes... You don't even have the energy to be thankful. Have you been in those places? You don't even know what you're going to pray, but your prayer to God doesn't start out with thank you for. It starts out with, why is this going on in my life right now? What's happening? In 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, it sheds some light on answering this question. Go ahead and turn in your Bible or your smartphone to 1 John 15, and we're going to start in verse 13 here in just a second. But have you been in that place? where you're not even sure why you should be thankful to God. As you're looking that up, listen to these words, starting in verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That's you all, in case you're wondering. That's you. So that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before Him. That if we ask anything according to his will, say those three words with me. He hears us. We're going to keep going. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. And what I want to focus on here is the end of verse 14. Those three words that you said with me. He hears us. Our God hears us. The creator of the universe hears us. He hears you. He hears us collectively. He hears us individually. He hears us. You know one of the biggest issues of relationships when it comes to communication? Do you know what it is? We don't hear one another. We don't listen to one another. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Okay, honey. We don't listen. We don't hear. I may see your lips flapping, and I may hear the words coming out of your mouth, but while you're talking... I'm already beginning to think about how I'm going to respond to what you're saying. Do I need to prepare a defense? Yeah, Miami Hurricanes lost one game, but they're still the best team in the ACC. So there, it's what we do. We prepare a defense while somebody's talking. We're not even hearing what they're saying to us. 
We're already thinking about how we're going to respond. We're thinking about, do I need to adjust my face so you can see I agree with you? Hmm, that's a very astute thought that you just had. Or cross my arms to show a little bit of, of barrier between you and I. Or, or maybe put my arms down so you can see that I'm open to what you're saying. Did you know if, if somebody touches their neck while they're talking, chances are they're telling you a lie. Because we, we protect vulnerable things. It's true, look it up. <laughs> Saw it on the interweb. You protect vital things. You'll cover your stomach. You'll, you'll kind of do this. You'll, you'll protect, cover your heart. Because you know, you know you're not telling a full truth. See, we already think about what we're going to do. So we're not, we're not listening. And by the way, it's not just me. We all do it because I watched you guys do it as I was saying those things. I can see your faces. You're like, no, surely not. Maybe you're at home and you're, you're reading the paper or you're, you're watching TV and, and, and one of your kids or your spouse comes in the room and starts to ask you a question about something. And that's where you might be, you might be listening, but you're not really hearing them. You're watching your show. You're, you're like, are you listening? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What was it you wanted me to do? <laughs> yeah. I heard things, but I wasn't really listening well. You'll say, shh, wait till commercial. It's more important. And even then, you're probably only half listening because you're wanting to get back into your show or your story or your Facebook or whatever it is you're doing. It, I know it's true. Here's the thing. It's another one, and you guys won't like this, but it's true. I'm up here. I preach week in and week out, and some of you... In your minds, as I'm preaching about something, it starts to strike a nerve and you start making comments to yourself to justify your action to, so you don't have to feel convicted by the Word of God. We do that. It, it, sometimes in our minds, we're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. I'm not listening. Because if I am hearing you, I have to change. I have to respond. God hears you. And He responds. He's listening. He hears your prayer. Do you believe that our God hears your prayers? Only one person in this whole room believes that our God hears their prayers. I mean, I, I'm going to get you an opportunity to, to get ready. Do you believe that our God hears your prayers? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Did you know that our God is the only God that doesn't require something first in order to hear your prayers? In other religions, you have to offer fruit or burn incense or money or light a candle. And you leave it there so that your prayers, to ensure that your prayers will be heard. Not even answered, just that they'll be heard. If you want them answered, you have to leave more stuff. Our God not only hears your prayers, He answers them. Now, sometimes the answer is no. And we don't like that. Sometimes the answer is not right now. And sometimes the answer is You'll see this unfolded as I have prescribed it. But he hears us and he answers our prayers. And now that I've primed that pump on you guys this morning, I want to pause in this message. I want to ask each of you to take just a minute. Think about what you wrote on your leaf about thankfulness. I just want you to bow your heads and just quietly, we're going to take a few minutes, we're going to play some music. And I just want you to say thank you to God and spend a few minutes telling him what you're thankful for. He's listening. He hears you. Let him know what you're thankful for. In just a moment, I'll close out this time of prayer and we'll continue with the message. But right now, just bow your heads and share with God what you're thankful for.
Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, that these things are sufficient to carry us through even hard times. So I just want to say thank you. Amen. Did you know that in the Old Testament, God commanded the priests of Israel to continually burn aromatic incense and was made from a blend of exotic spices? Now listen to what God said to Moses about this. The ingredients for incense were divinely prescribed. You can read about it in Exodus 30, uh, verse 34 through 35. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, onica, and galbanum, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense. The work of a perfumer is to be salted and pure and sacred. You see, back then, the priest didn't just get to prepare any sort of mixture he pleases. If he, because he liked frankincense more than one of the others, he didn't get to put more in it. It was according to what God prescribed, what God wanted. And, and he must use precisely the amount that God had commanded. Any humanly devised combination wasn't what God required. And it was actually an abomination. Then this properly prepared incense was placed on the golden altar inside the Holy of Holies. This altar was the altar of prayer. The constant prayer, prayers of God's people was the symbology of this altar of incense and these, these prayers taking this as this fragrant aroma taking our prayers. In fact, the incense that's associated with, with the people's prayers was so pure and sacredly sweet to God that, that if you deviated any way from what God had explicitly commanded in this recipe, it was met with swift death to not obey just the mixture and, and the use of the incense. Uh, Nadab and Abihu found this out in Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 2. It's something we need to remember. You can write that down and go look at it. I don't really want to get into it, but just so you know, God's serious about prayer. He's serious about the way things should be done, and it's something we need to remember is that just as God prescribed a specific recipe for the incense, He prescribes, if you will, specific prayers for us today. I'm going to give you a list of verses where you can see these prayers one and probably my favorite two are thanksgiving and intercession. In First Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 1, talks about that. We, we let God know we're thankful, but also intercession is where we're praying on behalf of someone else. Another prayer that God uh, prescribes, if you will, is, is for forgiveness. First John 1, 9. You know when you've done something less than average. You know when you've broken God's heart. It's on us, Christians, to take time and ask forgiveness. And another one in Psalm 148, verses 1 through 14. Praise and adoration. David wrote some amazing things, but, but some of his psalms that were just about praising God and adoring God for who he is are amazing. Matthew 7, 7 is a prayer for our utter dependence on God. You see, we think we're alone. We, we like Especially when we're successful, we like to think that, you know, we did it our way, that it was all us. But the reality is, is, is we should live our life with an utter dependence upon God. Another prayer that God appreciates from us is James chapter 1, um, there in verse 5, and, oh, one five, I'm sorry, 1, 6, is seeking wisdom. If you're not sure what to do about something, pray about it. You'll, God will show you. Philippians 4, 6. 
petitions and supplications. Bring those things before God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is about seeking peace. If there's something going on in your life and you just can't seem to get a sure footing on it, just ask for peace. Read Philippians 4, 6 and 7 and pray to God that you have peace in the situation. It may not be your doing. You may not even like the idea. You may, may not want to be any part of what's going on. But for some reason you are, share it with God and ask him to give you peace so that you can honor him through whatever it is. You see, our prayers directed by God are so pleasant and precious to him that in, in his vision of heaven in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, John says that God collects them in golden bowls. What a great vision that our prayers are, are collected in golden bowls. I imagine that by collecting them and, and by keeping them close, he can continually enjoy the fragrant aroma of our prayers. Now, that's just how my mind sees it. My mind's a little weird, you know that, but I think that's how it works. I think that's what, what God sees is that constant aroma. By the way, look down at your leaf. Have you written anything on it yet? Have you written something you're thankful for? Something you struggle with? If you're trying to think of what you can write, maybe you can write a short prayer of thanksgiving or of forgiveness. Maybe you can write a, a prayer of intercession for someone else. Maybe the prayer you need to write is one of you committing to God complete and utter dependence on Him for something that you're facing, for something you're going through. Maybe you just need to ask Him for wisdom for something. Guidance. Write down your petitions. Write down your supplications to Him. Maybe you're just seeking peace, trying to keep things on the level. Things are going around on in your world that you have no control over and you just need some peace in that situation, whatever it is. Just write that. Just write down the word peace. Did you know that James encourages us to pray on all occasions? In James chapter 1, verses 13 through 20, he says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. When was the last time you asked the elders to come to your house and pray for you while you were sick? While you struggled with something? While you sought wisdom for something? When was the last time you honestly asked anyone to pray for you for something other than just that I have a good day? Verse 15 says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. I'm going from preaching to meddling right here. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. It doesn't say confess your sins one to another so you can gossip about each other, so that you can have something one up on somebody. It says confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so you may be healed. I didn't share with you my struggles so you can walk out going, I am a sight better than that preacher of ours, I'll tell you that. No. I did it so you'll pray for me, so you'll pray for my family, so you'll pray for my son. So you'll pray that we can have peace as we embrace type 1 diabetes in our family, 
because it's not always peaceful. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And then James tells us about Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That means he wasn't perfect either. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth, and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. As we come to our response time this morning, I want you to think about what James says. Are you ready to confess your sins to each other and to pray for each other? How transparent are you really willing to be? How intentional are you willing to be in keeping away from sin, in in doing whatever it takes to keep away from whatever separates you from God? Are you willing to confess? Are you willing to pray with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or would you rather just be Stuck in your sin. Speaking of being stuck in your sin, now is the time that I need all of you to begin putting your leaves into the prayer buckets that are on either room, either end of the room. As you're doing that, we're going to play a little bit of music, and then I'm going to join you because I'm going to place my leaf in a bucket, and I'm going to read to you from Psalm 144. And I want to tell you this, even if you didn't write something down on your leaf, I know most of you have been at least holding one, I still want you to get up and put your leaf in a bucket and just give this response time a little bit of opportunity to see what God can do for you. Go ahead and play that music. Psalm 144, David says, rescue me. There's only one strong, safe and secure place for me. It's in God alone. And I love him. He's the one who gives me strength and skill for the battle. I don't know what you put on your leaf, but you need to know these words. He's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith, who wraps himself around me as a secure shield 
I hide myself in this one who subdues enemies before me. Lord, what is it about us that you would even notice us? Why do you even bother with us? For man is nothing but a faint whisper, a mere breath. We spend our days like nothing more than a passing shadow. Step down from heaven, Lord, and come down. Make the mountains melt as your touch. Loose your fiery lightning flashes and scatter your enemies. Overthrow them with your terrifying judgments. Reach down from your heavens. You see that painting? Reach down from your heavens and rescue me from this hell. And deliver me from those dark powers. They speak nothing but lies. I don't know what you wrote on your leaf. Maybe it's something like this. Their words are pure deceit. Nothing they say can ever be trusted. My God, I will sing you a brand new song when you give me the victory. The harp inside my heart will make music to you. I will sing of you. The one who gives victory to kings. The one who rescues David, your loving servant, from the fatal sword. Deliver me and save me from these dark powers who speak nothing but lies. The words are pure deceit. And you can't trust anything they say. Deliver us. Then our homes will be happy. Our sons will grow up as strong, sturdy men. And our daughters with graceful beauty royally fashioned us for a palace. Our barns will be filled to the brim, overflowing with the fruits of our harvest. Our fields will be full of sheep and cattle, too many to count. And our livestock will not miscarry their young. Our enemies will not invade our land. And there will be no breach in our walls. What bliss we experience when these blessings fall. The people who love and serve our God will be very happy indeed. You see, I don't know what your prayers were. And I have to be honest with you. I wanted to light these on fire. I wanted to burn them all up so that that you would know they're not your burdens to carry all by yourself any longer. I I wanted to do something. Because I think it's important that we know, and I made a hashtag, and the hashtag is, God's got this. I'm sure somebody's probably used it before. I may not be as original as I think I am. But the reality is, whatever you wrote down this month, whatever burden, whatever praise, whatever desire, whatever addiction, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever struggle... See, God's going to do his part. And you're not going to go through it alone. But you still have to be willing to honor him and do your part. Look, if your prayer was for a job, you're going to still have to fill out an application somewhere. Okay? I I, I say that lightheartedly, but I know a guy who prayed for months. You get a job yet? No, not yet, but God's going to provide. God's going to provide. Hey, things are getting tight with my family. Have you been looking? God's going to provide. Okay, you have to still do some things. He will do his part, but you have to do your part. If you're battling addiction, if you're battling something that sometimes is driven by your friends or your associates or the people you keep company with, you may have to change the people you hang out with. God's going to do his part. He'll deliver you through that, but you still have work to do. 
If your prayer is for strength to overcome something, make sure you're not standing right next to whatever it is you're trying to overcome while you're asking God for strength to walk away from it. Sometimes we need to flee from those places. We need to stay away from those people whose influence is stronger on us than we are on them. God will do His part, but your part in offering these prayers and knowing that God's got this is that you may have to start doing some things differently, but make no mistake... It's my favorite line from the whole message. God's got this, so leave it here. You'll remember that. Oh, go ahead. You can clap. You'll remember that all through the season as we continue, as you see the leaves fall. You're going to say, God's got this. Leave it here. You won't see a red, orange, or brown leaf and not think of my corny words of wisdom. And in case you're wondering, I'm sealing this up. And we're going to set it out there somewhere in the foyer for a little while. So that you all know, as you walk past it, whatever you put in here, God's got this. So when you walk in next Sunday, you maybe bring a visitor or somebody just asks you, what's up with that lid? What's up with that thing? You just have to say, we put a bunch of stuff in there and God's got it. We don't have to worry about it anymore. He's got it. No matter how big, how daunting, how how insurmountable the task may seem to you, God's got this because He hears our prayers. And you're not alone. See, you don't get to carry the guilt of addiction or anxiety or struggle. You don't get to carry that by yourself anymore because God's got it. You get to be grateful That our God hears our prayers, He answers them. And we should be grateful that because of His Son, Jesus Christ, sacrificing Himself for us, we have a direct link to the Father. No more sacrifices. No more exact measurements of incense and perfume. No more blood from bulls and goats. No more drink offerings to be poured out. No more grain offerings. We pour ourselves out in prayer to our God. And when you do it, start with the things you're thankful for. And then leave your worries, leave your hurts, the forgiveness that maybe you have to offer someone else, the struggles, the anxieties. Leave them with our Father who hears our prayers and answers them because hashtag God's got this. We're going to close out this series on prayer by praying together. So if you all would please stand and join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. And this is what Jesus said. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. But deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. As we sing our response song this morning, if you need to respond to God's word, now is the time. If you need prayer and you've never thought about asking the elders to come and pray with you, now is a good time to do that. Our elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. Whatever your response is this morning, whatever your prayer is, remember, hashtag God's got this. 
Will you sing with us and respond to God's word accordingly?